Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 15 Preview, Week 14 Review. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. What's going on? Nothing, man. Uh, Another good week in the NFL. There was some um, interesting revelations, uh, at least that I came to, that I'm sure we'll talk about this week. Um, And it's getting to the most exciting part of the season here, one week at a time. Yeah, pretty good week for us. I had a really solid week. I had it marked off. I think I was one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh like nine and four, which is pretty decent. I haven't marked yours yet, but I don't think you were uh very far off on that either. The one thing that sort of boned us um was the Raiders. And we're gonna get right into that game. I think it was like the the number one game that just pe- people were so shocked and including me and you. I don't think anybody expected Baker to do what he did there towards the end. So we'll jump right in uh, for the Raiders. They lost 16-17. They're now 5-8. and eight. The Rams are 4-9. and nine. Derek Carr with 137 yards and two interceptions. Josh Jacobs, another great game. 99 yards rushing and a touchdown. Uh, Demonte had 71 on three catches. Despite being just relentlessly covered uh, by Jalen Ramsey. Demonte still managed to get 71 yards. He, he had a decent day, and the three catches that he made were just unbelievable. I don't think there's anybody else in the league, maybe outside of uh, Jefferson, that are going to make those catches. Raiders defense played well for pretty much the whole game until the final drive where they abso- excuse me, absolutely blew it. Um, for Baker, played the whole game, 230 uh, and a touchdown. Cam Akers, 42 yards rushing and a touchdown. Ben Skoranek was your lead receiver here for the Rams, followed closely by Tutu Atwell. Skoranek had 89 yards on seven catches, and Tutu Atwell had 50 on five. Ben Jefferson, 44 yards on two catches, and managed to get into the end zone as well. The defense for the Rams actually showed up uh, this time. Taylor Rapp and Ernest Jones with interceptions. Um, But, yeah, I mean... It all it all comes down to the final play where Baker or final drive where Baker's going to drive ninety eight yards down the field and score to win the game and somehow or another <laughs> they were they were able to do it. The Rams scored fourteen points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they had just three points before that fourth quarter, and I just don't understand. I, I don't know if you can explain to me what I watched or what, but it was truly just a marvel that I was not expecting to have to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't really know how you lose to the Rams. Um, I mean, for once, it's not Derek Carr's fault. Uh, They did only put up 16 points, but the Rams' defense is still respectable. Um, A lot of the losses that they've had this year were on the offensive side of the ball. And... I don't know, dude. To let Baker Mayfield come in there on two days yep. of uh, learning and drive down the field and win the football game, that's just that's bad defensive scheming. That's bad defensive play. That's just bad overall. Um, and I don't know. I thought, I thought the Raiders were an easy way to start the week, but uh, apparently yeah. never. I mean, all the public money was on the Raiders. We saw it, and we thought, you know, Midway through the third quarter, like, ah, this one's done and dusted. Um, I had, like, all the props right on the day, but that was the thing. I knew I shouldn't have added 
Raiders two and a half or three and a half, and I fucking did. And it it absolutely wiped my account before the weekend. I had to call and scratch my way back with the World Cup game yesterday to get back to even. It was tough, man. That was was a really tough loss, I think, for a lot of us. Uh, We'll jump into another game that I walked right into the trap. I think... I think a majority of bettors who watch money and watch lines and can tell when something is up knew there was something going on in this Vikings-Lions game. I still walked into the trap just because I didn't think the Vikings would lose to the Lions, but here we are on Wednesday talking about the loss. The Lions now 5-1 and one in their last six games. They are 6-7. and seven. The Vikings are now 10-3. and three. Lions put up 34 against a Vikings defense that is just absolutely disgusting. Vikings amassed 23 points, but all for naught. Kirk Cousins with a monster game. 425, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Dalvin rushed for 23 yards and a touchdown. Jettis put up a whopping 223 yards on 11 carries. Probably should have been closer to 300. He got one called back and the touchdown got taken away. It should have been close to 300 yards and a touchdown for him, which is just absolutely nuclear. That's a uh, that's a Randy Moss type of game. TJ Hawkinson, 77 yards on six catches. Thielen, 65 on seven with a touchdown. And KJ Osborne, 38 on five with a touchdown. As we said, that defense, Vikings defense, played really, really poorly. The Vikings are a top team this year, but their defense ranks in, like, I believe the bottom bottom six or seven in terms of points given up and yardage given up, which is really tough. Their yardage differential is not good. Uh, For Jared Goff, a great game for him as well. 330, three touchdowns, no interceptions. CJ Moore somehow or another was actually the lead rusher in this game. He only got one carry, but it was for 42 yards. Jamal Williams had 16 carries for 37. Swift had six for 21, and Justin Jackson Got into the end zone. He only had 19 yards on the day. DJ Chark, nuclear game for him. 94 yards on six catches and a touchdown. ASB had 68 yards. Reynolds had 51 and a touchdown. Jamison Williams had 41 and a touchdown. That was like one of the first plays of the game. Uh, First drive, Jamison Williams getting on uh, that field and just absolutely stunting in really his first full start. So great to see that for him. Viking or Lions defense played well enough when it mattered. Uh, They didn't get to Kirk all that much, but the pressure was certainly something. Um, I don't know. This this Lions team is just, I, I really did think that we could write them off, but they have proven to us in the last six weeks that they they do fight for Dan Campbell. I don't I don't know how he's managed to do it. Um, there's a lot of nonsense that goes on the fake punts. This guy does it every week. And it's like, I don't know. I don't think the Vikings were ever going to come back after letting up like 40 yards on that fake punt. It was just, it was insane. Yeah, no, that was a uh, fun game to watch. Um, and like you said, the money and the way the books had it, it almost seemed like the Lions were going to win. Yeah. Um, I did take the Lions on Sunday. It wasn't my most confident pick, but it just the way the numbers were adding up, it felt like a game where I had to at least get some involvement in on the Lions. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's exciting to watch the Lions here down the stretch. They're uh, making a push. Um, I remember we've been writing them off ever since they went on that big old losing streak. But 
I mean, they're here to prove us wrong, and it's weird that, like, it's not even the DeAndre Swift show that's carrying them, you know what I mean? Jared Goff's playing well, uh, Jamal Williams is obviously getting a majority of the touches, and, I mean, they're still winning football games. I mean, they got guys like DJ Chark going for 100 yards and a touchdown. It's going to gonna be fun to watch down the stretch here, see if they play spoiler for some teams. Yeah, it's very possible that they do. I mean, there's it, it's not over for them in the playoff race. It is possible that they sneak in. Um, a couple of those other teams, Commanders, Giants. You know, there's a lot on the line between those three teams at this point in the season. So <clears throat> let's move in uh, to Baltimore, Pittsburgh. This game was awful. Somehow or another, the Ravens are nine and four. They might be the worst nine and four team I've I've seen in some time. Uh, the Steelers are five and eight at this point. For the Ravens, no Lamar. He's banged up. He's got a PCL uh, sprain. Not what you want. Take it from a guy that's had many knee injuries. That's not It's not good, uh, and it's rarely just something that happens and then is done. So we'll have to see how all that pans out for Lamar. But Huntley was your starting QB. He had 88 yards before getting knocked out of the game. Anthony Brown came in after that. He had 16 yards, uh, 3 for 5 on completions. He stinks. I don't know why he's on an NFL roster, but he is. J.K. Dobbins back off the IR. A great game for him. 120 yards on 15 carries and a touchdown. One long run pretty much made up for all of those yards. Uh, and it was one of the worst runs I've ever seen. He looks so injured. His knee is so mangled. <laughs> it's a shame, man. That was my second round draft pick. Because um, I really thought he'd be able to come back from it. But I just don't think Dobbins is ever going to be the same. Gus Edwards, secondary back, 66 yards on 13 carries. In the receiving side of the game, 52 yards uh, on five catches for Demarcus Robinson. Nobody else really worth talking about. Uh, Mark Andrews really got bottled up in this one. For the Steelers, Mitch uh, was your guy for majority of the game. Kenny Pickett only threw the ball one time before getting knocked out of the game with a concussion. Mitch, 22 for 30 with 276 on a touchdown. But unfortunately, he also threw three picks. One to the center of the field, one to the right, and one to the left. A truly all-purpose guy. Najee Harris, 33 yards on 12 carries and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson has been great the past two or three weeks. He had uh, six catches for 82 yards. George Pickens had 78 for or 78 yards on three catches. Pat Fryermuth, 33 yards on three catches and a score. I don't know, man. What do you make of the Ravens? What do you make of the game, and what do you make of the Ravens? Because I'm fully decided that this Ravens team is not doing anything in the playoffs. Yeah, um, I mean, starting with the game, this was a pretty typical, uh, boring AFC North game. Uh, a lot of defense, not a lot of scoring, uh, kind of the opposite of the Lions-Vikings game. Yeah. And then, as for the Ravens, without Lamar, um, and now without Snoop, uh, uh, they do not look good. Um, they, they're trying to get back to the whole just run the ball down people's throats and win the football game, which I don't think that's going to work in the playoffs with the way a lot of these teams uh, score points now. Um, I mean, yeah, they're not the uh, the most exciting or convincing 9-4 and four team I've ever seen, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, they just... I don't know. They stink. Like, there's there's nothing... About that team, Mark Andrews hasn't gone over 75 yards receiving since week six. Like, that was that was a long time ago. That was eight weeks ago. It's not, it doesn't look good for the Ravens, and I don't know how, it, it's good to get a result here against the Steelers. It's, it's always a tough game, but they play them again. I don't think they'll beat them again, and I, I just, 
I can't see this team doing any sort of significant damage against uh, a team in the playoffs. They just, I think they're figured out, especially when they don't have Lamar. Like, the scheming is just not that good, and I can't really see them doing anything. So we'll move on uh, to another team that's definitely not doing anything to anybody, the Cleveland Browns. 10, Cincinnati, 23. <clears throat> Browns are now 5-8. and eight. Bengals are 9-4. and four. Browns now 1-1 one one since Deshaun's come back. Or Deshaun, 276 touchdown and an interception. Nick Chubb not able to get a ton going in this game. He only had 34 yards on the 14 carries. He was given. Sean rushed for 33 yards. Good to see him exercise those legs a little bit. <clears throat> Donovan Peoples-Jones, 114 on eight catches. No touchdowns. David Njoku, 59 on seven with a touchdown. Mari Cooper, 42 on two. Just not really a great game uh, for the Browns' offense. I I really do think they kind of looked better with uh, with Brissett, which is strange, but I I really do think so. Uh, Joe Burrow, two thirty nine, two touchdowns and an interception. Joe Mixon, ninety six yards on the ground. He's back finally. Samaje P Ryan was able to get into the end zone, twenty two yards on four carries. Uh, Jamar. Back in action, 119 on 10 catches with a touchdown. Trenton Irwin, 58, and a touchdown on just two catches. I don't know, man. Uh, the Bengals are banged up now. They they lost Boyd. They lost Higgins. Higgins didn't even register a target in this game. I think he played one snap and then was out of the game. Tyler Boyd, same thing. Uh, no targets, no yards, nothing. So they're going to be without those guys, it looks like, uh, this week, unless we get, get an update. I don't know why Higgins was not on the injury report. I know we fucked a lot of people over um, in fantasy, but yeah, just a kind of ground out win for the Bengals. They look much better since Taylor's relinquished the play calling. I believe they have five wins since that happened, and we just got that news. But uh, Burrow under you know in shotgun is just so much better than when he's under center, and I think this Bengals team is now really starting to gel and. Uh, they're going to be a dangerous team come playoff time. Yeah, I mean, the Bengals look good. Um, I know you and me aren't the biggest Bengals believers, yep. um, but you got to give them props when it's due. I mean, their offense looks like a well-oiled machine, and they're putting up good points every game. And as for the Browns, I mean, like you said, they did look better with Brissett. Um, Obviously, Watson got all the money, and obviously Watson hasn't played in two years, so it might take him some time. But, I mean, it just hasn't looked good. It's looked, uh, he, he hasn't even made, like, there's no impressive play that stood nope. out that you'd expect because uh, when he played, you know, two years ago, almost everything he was doing was impressive with that Texans team. Uh, so this is an interesting development, and I know he's got four weeks now to figure it out, but uh, we'll see if he does. Yeah, okay. <clears throat> Let's move on to another low-scoring game. Jets 12, Buffalo Bills 20. Jets now 7-6, and six, the Bills 10-3. and three. Mike White, despite getting murdered multiple times in this game and then being driven to the hospital in a precautionary ambulance, quote-unquote, uh, 268, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Zonovan Knight slotting in there for the injured Brees Hall. For the bad Michael Carter, I guess. I guess other people, th the, the Jets think he's bad. I think he's good, but uh, he only had five five yards for on five carries, so not great. Garrett Wilson, 78 yards on six catches. Elijah Moore, 60 on six. Denzel Mims, 35 on three. 
nobody else really worth talking about. Defense played okay. They limited the Bills to 20 points, but Josh Allen and the Bills willed their way to victory here. Josh Allen, 147 and a touchdown. He had a rushing touchdown as well, 47 yards on 10 carries. Singletary was bottled up. James Cook didn't see much of him. Um, Dawson Knox, 41 yards on four uh, receptions and a touchdown. Diggs, 37, no touchdowns. Davis, 31, no touchdowns. But, you know, they got it done. You know, this is this is what you kind of have to do. Two touchdowns, two field goals, and just hold the other team. Make sure that they're not able to get into the end zone. And if the Bills can do this, you know, moving down, moving down the line, even without Von Miller, then... I think they're going to be another team like like the Bengals who are just going to be threatening. That's just how it comes. And if you put the Bills up against the Bengals right now, I think I'd probably take the Bills. Uh, but but yeah, you know this is this is a good result. the The Jets are a bogey team. They beat them once this year. I, I don't think you can ask for much uh, more from the Bills, honestly. Yeah, I think it was good to see the uh, Bills grind out a win against obviously a very good defensively sound Jets team. Um, I mean, 20 points is obviously not a ton when you think about the Bills and what they usually put up, but it's nothing to scoff at when uh, facing this Jets defense. I mean, Sauce Gardner has already proven himself to be one of the best corners in the league, and then they just have a good defensive scheme with Robert Sala in charge. I mean, they, they're very sound on that side of the ball. Um, underwhelming performance, obviously, for Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs, um, who was covered by... Dots all game, but it was nice to see Dots and Knox um, play football. Yeah. Uh, it seems like we hadn't heard from him in weeks, uh, possibly even the entirety of the season, so that was nice. And then just a uh, tough performance out there for Mike White. I mean, he didn't do anything wrong, but he couldn't do anything because he was just getting abused all game. Um, but I think both these teams have a bright future heading down the stretch here, and they uh, might see each other again in the playoffs. Yeah, I can certainly see that happening. <clears throat> okay. Um, next game, Texans 23, Cowboys 27. Texans cover the spread against the Cowboys team who had a really, really slow start. Um, Texans now 111-1, Cowboys now 10-3. For the Texans, Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll shared the uh, opportunities under center. Jeff Driscoll was 38, uh, 38 yards on Four for six completion attempts with a touchdown. Davis Mills, 175, 16 completions and an interception. Damian Pierce injured now, but did amass 78 yards on 22 carries with a touchdown. Chris Moore, 124 on 10 catches. Amari Rogers, 57 on four catches with a touchdown. Um, Tremont Smith for the defense of the Texans played really well. He had two picks in this game. Uh, Dak just throwing really suspect picks in the third quarter. I don't know. That's like sort of his like calling card at this point. Dak, 284 touchdown, and there's two interceptions I talked about. Zeke, 62 yards on 15 carries with a touchdown. Pollard, 42 on 10 with a touchdown. Dalton Schultz had 87 yards receiving. Noah Brown had 85. CD bottled up in this one. Gallup, same thing. Tony Pollard did also have a receiving touchdown and 20 yards receiving. So, um, it doesn't look like the interception that Trevon Diggs allegedly caught was given to him. It looks like it was given to Israel Mukwamu. So I'm sure that Trevon is very upset about it, especially because he went on Twitter and said he wanted it to be credited to him. What a selfish player. Uh, Micah Parsons, again, just a fantastic game from him. No sacks, but really, really good coming off the edge. 
And I just think this Cowboys team, if they can continue to do this kind of stuff and, and come back even when they're down against a bad team, then they're going to be okay. But I do think that there's all there's, there's always questions we can ask. And the Cowboys, this is their first 10-win season since, I believe, 1995. It's a crazy stat. Yeah, I don't... I didn't see that step. That is that is nuts. It's crazy um, to think about because of how much airtime they get. Yeah. Um. I mean, I kind of wanted to see the Cowboys lose. Um. Not as a like. I don't. I'm not a Cowboys hater. I'm not a. You know. Like I don't really care. But I think the they didn't deserve to win. In my opinion, I mean, the Texans were kind of giving it to them there for a little bit. And they came back and won, obviously. Um, but I was interested in seeing the Texans win this football game. Obviously, they didn't. Um, they might end one and sixteen or one fifteen and one. Um, and the Cowboys, uh, they stay hot. This uh, NFC East is looking like the uh, place to be at the moment. Yeah. Uh, by the way, disregard that stat. It's obscenely wrong. They were literally twelve and five last year. So I don't. I, I read something wrong. Um, Forget that I even said anything. Okay, let's move on to the next game. <clears throat> Eagles Giants, a complete masterclass from the twelve and one Eagles against the seven five and one New York Giants, who have absolutely come back down to earth. Uh, Forty eight to twenty two Hertz, two seventeen two TDs. Miles Sanders, unbelievable thousand yards rushing on the year. One forty four two TDs and seventeen carries. Jalen Hurts also rushed for seventy seven yards on the touchdown. Boston Scott got into the end zone on thirty three yards. A.J. Brown, 70 yards on four catches and a touchdown. Devontae Smith, 64 on five and a touchdown. Defense played pretty well. Uh, for the Giants, Daniel Jones, 169 and a TD. Tyrod Taylor, 47 and a TD. Forgot he was alive, to be honest. Um, Tyrod, 40 yards uh, rushing as well. Saquon, 28 yards rushing. He did nothing in this game. Uh, Richie James, 61 yards and a touchdown. Darius Slayton, 42 yards. Isaiah Hodgins, 38 and one. That's two in a row now for him. Defense played so poorly. And this Giants team is finally back to where I thought they would be. I am so glad they're seven and five because people were really singing their praises. And now they're they're back to where they belong. Yeah, we did say that uh their time was coming. Um, I mean, they weren't they were winning football games, but they weren't they weren't convincingly winning football games, so they're kind of back down to uh, where they belong here. Um, they do still have a chance at the playoffs. Um, they do have a rough end of schedule just being in the NFC East playing a lot of these teams, so we'll see how that goes for them. They do get a little rematch against the Commanders this week, who uh, they tied, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they just tied yes. two weeks ago. Um, so that should be fun. Um, as for the Eagles, well-oiled machine. Um, they just keep doing their thing every week. I mean, there's not even a ton to say about them at this point. Um, it just seems like they are obviously one of the clear front runners uh, to make the Super Bowl, um, if not win the Super Bowl, especially out of the NFC. Yeah, so I, I wanted to ask you the, this question. Are the Eagles your NFC Super Bowl favorite? Yes. My favorite was the Niners. Um, if you would ask me like three weeks ago, just because I thought they had the most talent um, on both ends of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way the Eagles offense is performing and due to the fact that the Niners now have Mr. Irrelevant as their quarterback, who has played good, and I will be praising him here in a moment when we get to him. But 
Uh, yeah, they are my NFC favorite. Or, yeah. And how about yourself? Yeah, I agree. I think it's the Eagles. Uh, Niners probably close second. I just the the Cowboys make me ask a lot of questions, and the Vikings I'm like fully out on. I wasn't really ever in on them. It's a shame. I said it earlier this week in in our chat. Like, I thought the Vikings were fraudulent during all those wins they were getting in a row. And then finally, when I was like, all right, fine, like I'll put a couple of dollars on the Vikings, they start to lose games. So I've just totally missed the boat on the Vikings. And now I think the boat's back at port. I just don't think they're very good. So we'll move on to one of the games I don't think anybody was really expecting. Jags 36, Titans 22. The Jags now 5-8 and eight with Trevor Lawrence at the helm. Titans now 7-6. and six. Four T-Law, 368 and three TDs. Travis Etienne, 32 yards rushing. Uh, Lawrence got into the end zone, 7 yards uh, and that TD. Evan Ingram with the most demonic tight end game, uh, or at least top three performances from a tight end this year. 162 on 11 receptions and two TDs on my bench in fantasy, in case anybody was wondering. Zay Jones, 77 yards and a touchdown. Defense played pretty well for the Jags as well, holding the Titans to just 22 points. Andrew Wingard had a pick in this one for the Jags. Uh, For Tannehill, 254, two TDs on that interception I just mentioned. Derrick Henry, back to Derrick Henry things, 121 on 17 carries and a touchdown. An unfortunate fumble there that um, defensive end Josh Allen was able to scoop up in the air, which was crazy. On the receiving side of the ball, really tough day for the Titans, as it usually is. Chig Okonkwo, 45 and a touchdown. Hooper was your lead receiver with 68. Woods had 49 on five carries. Uh, And then Nick Westbrook-Akina had 23 yards and a touchdown. But this Titans team are just not that good, I don't think, with Tannehill. They're a very measured team. 22 points against a team that isn't as high-powered as the Jags this season is probably enough to win you the game or at least stay close. Um, And against this Jags team with with a really streaking uh, Trevor Lawrence, it just wasn't enough. So my question to you is, like, I thought at the beginning of the year maybe we would see you know, the Titans and the Bengals get matched back up. Last year, the Titans probably should have beat them and didn't. You know, how do you feel about a Titans team in the playoffs playing against the Bengals or the Bills or, you know, another AFC contender? Do you think they're going to get smoked? Because at this point, I kind of do feel that way. Yeah, no, that was my first uh, gut reaction was to say that they will obviously get smoked, which I do still think will be true. But... They do have the experience. Um, obviously, the Bengals do now, too, as well, making a Super Bowl run. But, you know, some of these newer teams, the Titans do have the experience. Uh, Vrabel has the experience not only from his time here in Tennessee, but his time in New England. So I do think they'll do enough to make it a game, but I don't see them beating a lot of teams, if anyone, come playoff time. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I'm right there with you. Uh, okay, Chiefs-Broncos. This was a good game strangely enough uh chiefs 34 broncos 28 chiefs now 10 and 3 the broncos now 3 and 10 pat mahomes 352 three tds three interceptions i don't know how he threw three interceptions but he did isaiah pacheco is 70 yards on 13 carries what an angry runner he is on the receiving side of the ball uh jarek mckinnon with an unbelievable game 112 on seven receptions and two tds 
Juju had 74 yards on nine catches and a TD. Travis Kelsey had 71 on four. Not much else worth talking about. Uh, defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs, pretty good in this one. They struggled a little bit to contain Jerry Judy, but Willie Gay um, and Legereus Sneed both had interceptions with this one for the Chiefs. For the Broncos, Russ, 247, three TDs and interception. Probably his best game all year before getting knocked out of the game uh, with a severe concussion. Brett Ripien, 16 yards and a touchdown and an interception. Russ rushed for 57 yards. Shocking. Jerry Judy, 73 yards on eight catches and three TDs. Marlon Mack had 62 yards receiving and a touchdown. Just two catches for him, but was able to get into the end zone. Uh, and stack up some yards. Josie Jewell had two interceptions, and Pat Sertain had an interception. I didn't think we were going to see Pat Sertain in this game, but we did. So, yeah, Broncos' defense looked okay. The Chiefs probably could have scored 50 points, honestly, but Mahomes kind of took a step back and threw some nasty picks that reminded me of the beginning of last season. Uh, but, you know, still still able to to just get that brilliance out and, and really get to win here. So, Chiefs ten and three, Broncos three and ten. I don't, I don't think anybody expected the Broncos to actually stay in this game, but they kind of did. Yeah, this was a game that um, starting out I didn't really pay much attention to. Um, I kind of just anticipated the Chiefs to uh, steamroll them, and then they started doing that. So then I was like, all right, good thing I wasn't paying much attention. And then it, I had to pay attention at the end. I mean, it got interesting there, and that is not what I expected at all. I mean. Patrick Mahomes, three interceptions. You never like to see that. Um, the 34 points, they can't complain about, I'm sure. But uh, three interceptions, not great. Um, Russell Wilson, best game as a Bronco, if that's something to cheer about, I guess, uh, even though they lost. I mean, these are two teams going in opposite directions down the stretch here. Um, so we'll see how the Chiefs perform, you know, against more formidable opponents here. Yep. Um. Okay, let's move on. Excuse me to the next game. Sorry, guys, I'm still sick. It's been like two and a half weeks. I'm still sick. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Panthers, Seahawks, another good game. Panthers, 30, Seahawks, 24. Panthers now 5-8, and eight, Seahawks 7-6. and six. Sam Donald, 120 and a TD. Uh, Deontay Foreman, 74 yards rushing. Hubbard, 74 yards rushing and a TD. Raheem Blackshear at 32 yards on four carries and a touchdown. Uh, receiving side of the ball, not much going on outside of the Shai Smith touchdown early in the game. He had 17 yards and a touchdown. For the Seahawks, Geno, 264, three TDs, two interceptions. Travis Homer, 26 yards rushing. They weren't able to get the rushing game established in this game just because they're missing their their number one guy in um, Kenneth Walker, but he'll be back this week. For the receivers, Marquise Goodwin, 95 and a touchdown. DK Metcalf, 71 and a touchdown. Tyler Lockett, 60 and a touchdown. So the the Seahawks defense wasn't awful, or offense wasn't awful, but they just had a couple of costly picks. J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, both getting picks for the Carolina D. And this Carolina team, these guys kind of fight. That defense is really solid. Um, their offense obviously needs a little bit of help. I don't think Darnold is really the long-term solution there, but they are 5-8, and eight, which I think is probably better than most people would have expected. I don't know what their win total was, but... They've probably already eclipsed it, so pretty good for the uh, Panthers to get a win here. They're not dead either in the AFC or the NFC South. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the uh, win total was probably like three and a half or four and a half. Yeah. 
Um, and yes, they did exceed that, but I'm they just pissed me off week after week. We know our season shot. Yes, okay, technically it's not shot because they could make the playoffs. Yeah. But is that what we really want? Do we no. want to finish with a better record than Tom Brady make the playoffs? No, we want C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, like someone of that caliber. And if we finish with seven wins, we're not going to get them. We're going to get stuck with project quarterback Will Levis, and I'm going to hate my <laughs> I know that's that's not what you want, man. He is just I I know he's got a lot like he throws for a lot of yards and he's been pretty good in college, but I don't know, man. I I don't think that's the guy you want either. I, I'm totally with you there. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next game. Bucks seven, Niners thirty five. The Bucks just getting absolutely mangled. Uh, we'll start with them. Brady, 253, a touchdown, two interceptions. The touchdown was nonsense. It shouldn't have really been a touchdown, but Russell Gage was able to score. Rashad White, 56 yards on 13 carries. Chris Godwin, 54 on five. Mike Evans, 44 on four. Really slow game for all of those guys. Uh, For the Niners, Brock Purdy came in, managed the game, looked really good. 185 and two TDs. McCaffrey had 119 on the ground and a touchdown. Mason had 56. Debo had 21 and 1 before getting injured. Brock Purdy also rushed a touchdown in. Ayuk, 57 and a TD through the air. Debo, 43. McCaffrey also had 34 and a TD through the air. And then that defense for the Niners showed up. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, 10 tackles and an interception. Uh, Tashawn Gibson, 4 tackles and an interception. This defense is really, really solid, and if they can just rely on McCaffrey, honestly, to kind of be the the heart of the offense, then this Niners team is going to be really legit. The Bucs are 6-7. and seven. I don't know how they have six wins, but they do. The Niners now 9-4. and four. Yeah. I mean, starting with the Bucs, it almost feels like they've been worse than the Panthers, who we just talked about. Yes, the expectations are obviously higher, so that might sway the opinion a little bit, yeah. but it just feels like when they lose, it looks horrible. And when they win, it also looks horrible. I have yet to watch a Bucks game this year and be like, wow, they look really good today. It's only like, what is Tom Brady doing? Um, they somehow win. Uh, but that obviously didn't work this week. And I think a lot of praise and respect needs to be given to Brock Purdy. I mean, to come in as the third quarterback... Um, you're supposed to have a really young quarterback ahead of you, and then obviously the best backup in the NFL in Jimmy G, and then you just kind of sitting there holding the iPad to have to come in down the stretch here with your season pretty much on the line um, when he came in. I mean, seven and four, uh, you have a chance to you know move up or move down the rankings quite heavily, and he's coming in and he's balled out. I mean, another game with no turnovers, 185 yards, no turnovers. Uh, 35 points out of the offense. I mean, that's good stuff, man. So good for him. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, let's uh, let's move on to that next game. We've only got a couple more left. Um, Dolphins 17, Chargers 23. The Dolphins now 8-5, and five, the Chargers 7-6. and six. Tua started the game off like 1 for 13. He was really bad in this game. 10 for 28, he finished with 145 yards and a touchdown. Mostert, 37 on 11 carries. Uh, Tyree Kill, 81 and a touchdown, and then another touchdown that he picked up 
on a fumble and then ran for like 80 yards. He, you know, is the lifeblood of this offense, honestly. Waddle's been really quiet the past two weeks, got banged up last week, and then was really a non-factor this week. Defense didn't play that well for the Dolphins either. For the Chargers, this was a masterclass from Justin Herbert, showing you exactly how good he can be. Herbert, 367 and a touchdown. Eckler, uh, 45 yards rushing and a touchdown. Mike Williams, 116, a touchdown and six catches. Keenan, uh, 12 catches for 92 yards. Eckler added an additional 59 yards through the air. Josh Palmer had 53 as well. Um, and that defense for the Chargers, man, they really showed up. They're they're mega banged up. They were without Derwin um, and, and Asante Samuel, Drew Tranquil, Guys like that, Kyle Van Noy even just showed up and and were really ready for it. So I gotta applaud the Chargers here. This was a, a major letdown spot for the Dolphins, and it's good to see the Chargers play well. They're seven and six. They could probably sneak into the playoffs at this point. Yeah, I'm excited to watch these Chargers down the stretch. Um, it looked like hope had been lost with injuries racking up, losses racking up, and just things not necessarily going their way. I mean, they've come to play the last couple of weeks. I mean, Keenan Allen, 12 receptions, getting back to doing his thing. Mike Williams, 100-whatever yards. Um, They look good. I mean, Jay Herbo, almost 400 yards, man. That's a good, good performance by the Chargers. And then as for the Dolphins, I think it's time we have a discussion about Tua. I agree. Everyone loved him once he got these new shiny toys and let's not forget that they're two of the five fastest wide receivers in the NFL. So until teams figured out how to game plan for them, yeah, he was going to look good. I mean, when they have 10 yards of separation and then they break it off for 70 yards, that's going to make your stats look good. But now that they are scheming to kind of cut one, if not both of them, out of the game, and they're putting a little pressure on Tua, this is what we get. 10 for 28 and 145 yards. That's disgusting. Yeah, I agree. It's nasty when you have toys, not to, not toys, but when you have weapons like that, like, that's gross, man. Just throw it up there for Tyreek. I, I heard Tua was the best QB in the NFL from Tyreek. It's just, it's bad news, So. Good for the Chargers there. I hope we see the Dolphins come back down to earth a little bit. I'd like to see them fighting for a spot, but no, it's probably not going to happen just because the rest of their division is not great. Um, okay, let's move on to Pat's cards. Pat's 27, cards 13. Kyler Murray, done for the year. ACL injury in like the first or second drive. He's totally done at this point. He was one for one before going out. Colt McCoy stepped in. He was 246 uh, yards, zero TDs and an interception. Connor had 85 yards on the ground and a TD. Hopkins had 79 yards receiving, wasn't able to get into the end zone. Made a couple of insane catches, but he was out. Uh, Robbie Anderson, 50 yards as well. Defense didn't play that well for the uh, for the Cardinals either. Isaiah Simmons had a interception, but it just wasn't really great for them. The Pats, Mac Jones, 235, no TDs on the interception. Rushing game was pretty strong for the Pats in this one. Pierre Strong gouging 70 yards uh, on five carries and a TD. Kevin Harris, 26 and a TD. Not a ton else going on for them. Uh, Marcus Jones had an interception. That guy's been a stud for them this season on both sides of the ball at this point, but 
Yeah, the the Packers had a really good second half, 17 points in the second to the uh, Cardinals, zero, and there was just no way that the Cardinals were ever going to get back into this game after the third quarter. Yeah, a uh, tough day for Cardinals fans um, and pretty much the NFL in general. Um, whether you think Kyler Murray is good or not, uh, he is good for football, um, makes exciting yep. plays, and people always talk about him. So, I mean, in the end, in the end he is good for football. Um, and he's done for the foreseeable future. I mean, this year, the beginning of next year, who knows how long into next year. Like, uh, this is just bad, bad, bad for the Cardinals. Um, as for the Pats, um, a game they needed to win, a game you have to win after Kyler Murray goes out, and a game they do win. Um, Mac Jones, nothing to write home about. Um, I mean, it's kind of the story of their lives. Run game and defense kind of lead them to victory, and that's what happened again here. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, um, we are ready to rock into our previews for the week. Let's pull up these lines, and we will get going on that. Um, what's that? I said planned maintenance on yeah. FanDuel. Really? You have that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't. It, it's not showing that for me. So I got lucky, I guess. Um. Okay. Let's get into this. Sorry, guys. Uh. Okay. You can't pull them up. I'll just read them off then. Uh. Niners, yeah. currently three and a half point favorites in Seattle. Uh, against the Seahawks, Niners minus 180 on the money line, over-under set at 43.5. All the money is on the Niners at this point. This is your Thursday night football game. Do you want to go first or shall I? Uh, you can go ahead. Um, so for this game, I'm not, I'm not super confident in the Niners. I think the Seahawks at some point are probably going to wake back up. Uh, I do think that the Seahawks are a much better team than the Bucks at this point. So I'm not taking a ton of stock in the Niners beat down last week over the Buccaneers. Uh, it's, it's a tough one, man. I really, I, I don't feel like um, taking a line is the way to go. I think what I'm going to do is just take uh, Kenneth Walker to score. I do think that, the Seahawks are going to have a couple of opportunities down on the goal line, and uh, I'm going to take uh, Kenneth, I think, to just get into the end zone. Nice. I like that. Um, what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to go with the over 43.5 here. Um, that line would have hit last week with the Niners, or with the Bucks only putting up 9 points or 7 points or whatever they put up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the Seahawks have a better offense than the Bucks at this point, and I also think they have a worse defense than the Bucks. So I think there could be some points put up on both sides here if the Seahawks come to play offense. All right. Um, our next game: Colts Vikings. It's your turn. The Colts are currently four and a half point dogs in Minnesota. Colts plus one eighty on the money line. Over under set at forty eight and a half. Oh man, um, it's, I mean it's hard to bet the Colts, but you know the money's all over the Vikings. Nearly eighty percent. Yeah, and I have it. Um, 
I'm looking at DraftKings now. That way I can follow along, and they have their percentages as well, and 90% of the DraftKings mm. there as well. So this is uh, not looking good. But the Colts are terrible. I'm going to fall into the trap. I'm going to take the Vikings minus three. Yeah. Um, you're going to alt it down and take Vikings minus three. Yep. I think uh, I think I'll be walking right into the trap as well. I I think the odds of them letting us down, letting me down two weeks in a row is probably pretty slim. So I'll uh, I'll do the same thing. I'll take Vikings minus three. At least we can get a push if they eke it out. Uh, okay, up next Ravens versus Browns. Baltimore currently plus one twenty six on the money line. Two and a half point dogs over thirty seven and a half uh, for the total. Tough game. Uh, give me Ravens money line. I like them in this spot. I'm not sure they're going to be able to get it done here, but Browns offense just look pretty stagnant. I do think the Ravens are going to be able to get it done here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with a Nick Chubb touchdown. I do think the Browns win, in my opinion, just because I'm not sure if Huntley's playing yet. Um, he was still in concussion protocol as of yesterday. He was spotted at practice, but he wasn't practicing because he's still in concussion protocol, which makes me nervous. Um, obviously, if he plays, they have much better chance of winning than with Anthony Brown playing. Um, but I do think Chubb gets in the end zone. He's gone two straight weeks without a touchdown. This is the uh, only the first or second time all season. And uh, the Browns will want to fix that in a hurry. All right, I agree. Um, up next, Dolphins Bills. Dolphins currently seven and a half point dogs at Orchard Park. Uh, Dolphins plus two seven two seventy on the money line. Over under set of forty two and a half. At this point, the money is pretty much split right down the middle. Um, I'm going to take Bills minus five and a half. I think they win this game by touchdown. I know I'll probably get fucked here. Uh, but that's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna I'm gonna take some safety points and buy it down. Bills minus five and a half is like, actually it was your turn too, but oh well. Um, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's like minus one seventy two or minus one fifty two. It's decent for a parlay. For those I know you know, but for those that don't know, the Dolphins had heaters. Yes, on their bench this week in SoCal, and it was 50 degrees or 55 mm-hmm. degrees. Well, I'll give them 50 for the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Traveling to Buffalo in the middle of December. It'll be late December, technically, I guess, by the time this, uh, by the time they kick off. And that's not a good look. There's no chance they stay in this game if that's, if that's the mindset they have. Give me the Bills. I'm going Bills minus six and a half. Uh, it is only minus seven on DraftKings. I noticed most other places, uh, they're seven and a half um, regular line. Uh, but I'm going to alt down to six and a half. I know you did five and a half, but I'll say it's six and a half here. And I think the Bills cover with ease. I could see them winning by 14, 21 points just to uh, set the tone here um, after blowing it last time. Fair enough. Uh, okay, I'll let you have this next one. Man, I'm excited for this game. Falcons currently four point dogs against the Saints in NOLA. Uh, Falcons plus 168 on the money line, over under set at 42.5. Where do you stand? 
Falcons Saints. I think I'm going to go with the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go money line. I like the four and a half, but I'm going to go money line. Um, I'm excited to see Desmond Ritter come out. I've been calling for him all season. Um, so I'm excited to see what he does here. I think they'll be excited with a new quarterback and the fact that uh, Marcus Mariota quit on them um, and just kind of walked out and said he has a knee injury and he doesn't know when he'll be back with the team. Um, so I think that's going to give them a little extra motivation to kind of prove to him that we don't really need you, dude. And yeah. so I'd like to see them win here. I think this could be a good spot. Yeah, I'm going to take Falcons plus four just for the safety. That'll be on my card uh, for the weekend. Absolutely. No question about it. I've been putting in like a three-legger or a two-legger with a hundred bucks every week, and I've got a decent hit rate. So Falcons plus four is absolutely in there. I, I love um, the idea that Desmond Ritter's going to get a chance with this team. Seems like to me they really do have a couple of options on the offensive side of the ball, and I just think this is a good spot against the Saints team that's been really, really poor this year. Um, quickly before we move on to the next game, your Bills pick was I, – I just missed it. I missed what you said at the end. Oh, uh, Bills minus six and a half. Okay, you got it. All right. Um, <clears throat> and then let's step into Lions-Jets. Uh, Detroit – Currently a one-point favorite in New York. Both teams minus 108 on the money line. Over-under set at 44.5. One good defense, one pretty mediocre defense in the Lions. This is another game that I really like, man. I I hate to say it, but I'm going to take the Lions. Mike White, really banged up. Don't know what the situation is. I'm sure he'll play, but I don't know how good he's going to look. The Lions just look really, really good. They have Jamison Williams now. They have two really good running backs. Like, I don't know, man. This this Lions team is just really good uh, the past six weeks, and I don't want to fade them at this point. So I'll take the Lions straight up. It's funny. I hate to do what I'm about to do, and I'm doing the opposite. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to take the Jets uh, money line. Um, not really worth it to take minus one in case there is a tie, um, which we've seen a few times. Um, it only goes from minus 110 to minus 115. Um, I am going to go Jets minus one. I hate to see the Lions fall back down to earth, but I do think if there's a spot they do it, it would be here, and this would be a perfect Jared Goff spot to throw 19 interceptions, which he hasn't done all season. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. It is very true. Uh, okay, let's move on to the next one. It's your pick. Kansas City taking on Houston. Chiefs currently a 14-point favorite in Houston. Minus 950 on the money line. Over-under set at 49.5. Chiefs-Houston? Yeah. I mean, you, we say it. The Chiefs and the big spreads never go well. Nope. I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to be a square. I'm going to play it safe. Give me a Travis Kelsey touchdown. I don't want anything to do with this 14-point nonsense. Yep, you can give me the same exact thing. Um, It's like a hallmark for me. The Chiefs, like, fucking me, and I get got by a hook or something. I could take them 9.5. They'll win by 9. I could take them 8.5. They'll win by 9. Or they'll win by 8. Like, I'm just not dealing with it. I'll take a Kelsey TD as well. He didn't score last weekend, had a decent game. I just don't think they're going to be able to to sort of get on him. And I think Stingley will probably be on Juju at this point. So, uh, yeah, I'll I'll just take a Kelsey TD as well. Um, 
Up next, Eagles, Bears. All the money's on the Eagles. Eagles currently a nine-point favorite, minus 400 on the money line. Over-unders at 48 and a half. Um, It's my pick. Give me the over. Give me the over. Over 48 and a half. Bears defense is bad. Uh, Eagles defense is good, but Justin Fields is going to run all over them. So I will take the over. I think I could easily see them scoring 25 points, the Bears, or 20 points at least. And I think the Eagles could put up 30 or 40 themselves. So I'll take the over 48 and a half. I'm right there with you. Um, It's tough for me to pick a spread here, obviously, because of how up and down the Bears can play. Um, So I'm staying away from the minus nine plus nine nonsense and i'm gonna take the over as well i think jay fields does enough to get the ball in the end zone for the bears maybe three times and that that just requires four touchdowns out of the eagles which we all know they're more than capable of yep okay up next steelers panthers um panthers currently two and a half point favorites in carolina against uh, the steelers steelers plus 116 on the money line panthers minus 136 over under set a 37 and a half. Oh. Yeah, it hard. Depends. I haven't been keeping up to date with Kenny Pickett, mainly because I don't really care. I don't uh, think he's going to play. It's his second concussion this year, and it's his rookie year. I, I don't see him playing. It makes it hard for me to take the Steelers. I'm going to go with the under. I know it's low. I know it's 37 and a half. But with Mitch um, playing against Panthers defense, he's not putting up a lot of points. And the Panthers' um, sole mindset has been to keep the ball to Sam Darnold's hands and just use 37 different running backs and try and put up 17 points and wins. So I'm going with the under. Uh, I'm going to take a Trubisky interception. I don't know what the odds are going to be like on that game. But I promise you, uh, Trubisky will throw a pick in this game. He threw three last week, and this Panthers defense has been really, really good recently. Uh, I can totally see J.C. Horn ball hawking, getting an interception. So I'll take them. And honestly, a good sprinkle is a Panthers DST score. Uh, it would not surprise me at all if we saw a pick six in this game. So if you guys you know, have a, a couple of extra bucks to sprinkle, Take the Panthers money line and a Panthers DST. I think uh, I think there's a good chance on that one. Uh, okay, let's move to Cowboys Jags. Cowboys currently four and a half point favorites against the Jags. Minus two ten on the money line. Jags and plus one seventy six. Over under set at forty seven and a half. Um, um, is it your pick or my pick? Yours, but I didn't know if you were ready. Yeah, I'm ready. Um. Give me Jags plus four and a half. Um, the money's on Dallas, and Dallas are just—I don't know, man. That that game against the Texans last week was was suspect. So I'm gonna take the Jags. I think uh, I think they could win this game outright. Instead, I'm just gonna take the points. I'll take plus four and a half if they can cover. Then that's totally fine. And if they win, then that's great too. But I don't. I'm not sure about the the Cowboys here. I don't think they can pull out the heroics two weeks in a row. So I'll take Jags with four and a half. Yep, I'm going with the flyer here as well. I'm going with the Jags money line. I do think that the Cowboys could obviously end up winning by like 25 points if they play well. Yes. But if they, if they continue the trend from last week, I think the Jaguars have enough offense and defensive soundness to not allow them to come back in the manner they did against the Texans. 
So I'm going to go with the Jaguars. All the money's on Dallas, and I think this would be a spot where they could they could drop one. Yeah. Um, okay, up next we have – good Lord, this game stinks. Uh, Arizona versus Denver. Zona currently two-and-a-half point dogs, plus 120 on the money line. Over-under set at 36-and-a-half. Broncos minus two-and-a-half point favorites, minus 142 on the money line. Uh, where do you stand here? Because there's a couple of picks I like in this game. Uh, Broncos cards, you said? Sorry, I was trying to pull yep. up the line. Yep, Broncos cards. Um, I hate, I really hate to do it. I'm going to take the Broncos money line. Yep. I do think Colt McCoy is an okay quarterback, but the Broncos defense is really good. Um, and their offense looked surprisingly good last week. So I'm going to go with the Broncos here. I am also taking the Broncos. I think they win this game. Uh, I think there's a ton of value on the over in this game as well. I think the Broncos could easily score 24 points. I can see them scoring three touchdowns and a field goal. And I think after that, all you need is two TDs from the Cardinals or a bunch of field goals. And I think there's there's a huge chance of that. So I'll, I'll take the Broncos uh, straight up on the money line. But I do think that there's a chance... Uh, that the over is a good spot here. Um, Line as well. All right. Then we have Pat's Raiders up next. Raiders currently a one-point favorite against the Patriots. Um, Raiders minus 110 on the money line, over-under set at 44.5. This is a complete pick em. Uh, they think the Pats are actually going to win this game because the Raiders are only minus one and they're at home. I will take uh, Raiders money line. I um, I shouldn't go back to the well, especially because they just lost to the Rams. But I am going to take the Raiders this week. They've been our bogey team all year, and I am committed to finishing out the year strong with the Raiders. Yeah. Um. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the over here. Um, I do think that this could be a close game. I do think the Patriots will put up points against a lackluster Raiders defense, and then that's going to lead to Derek Carr just letting Devontae try and do everything. So I'm going to go with over uh, 44 here. You can get it on DraftKings, a whole number. There's a lot of whole numbers on DraftKings today, which is weird. Um, so, yeah, give me over 44. Okay. Uh, you got it. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Titans Chargers. Titans currently three-point dogs at SoFi against the Chargers. Uh, plus 130 on the money line. Over-under set at 47 and a half. This is your pick. Titans Chargers. I know right uh, where I'm at on this one. I think I want to go with the Chargers. I really do. I am. You know what? I am. I'm going to go with the Chargers. I'm just going to take money line. Yeah, I'll take the Titans money line here. Um, people are excited about the Chargers. This is exactly what happens when people get excited about the Chargers. They fucking lose. Uh, just because that's that's just how they operate. So I'm I'm gonna take the Titans. I I really just uh, I don't know. It's a huge letdown spot. We've seen it so many times before. So I'll uh, I'll go with the Titans for sure. Jeremy and I are on opposite sides there. We have a lot of opposite week. Um, Bengals Bucks up next. 
Uh, Bengals currently three and a half point favorites against the Bucks. I'm not even going to look at the money here. Over-under set at 43 and a half. I'll take Bengals minus three and a half. I think they win this game by two touchdowns. Yeah, this is a spot I figured we'd be on the same side, and I feel like we might get uh, a lot of public money, sadly. But, no, we um, are. It's already at 80%, but I just don't care. Yeah, I'm in. Bengals minus three and a half. I mean, this is just looking at the way these teams have played. This should be a no-brainer. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Let's move in to Giants versus the Commanders. This game is, you know, it's a primetime game. I'm really excited for it. Uh, Giants currently plus four and a half. So they're four and a half point dogs, plus 176 on the money line. Overrunners at 40 and a half. Uh, Games at FedEx Field. You can give me the Commanders all day. Um, How how do you feel? Um, I'm in on the commanders as well here um four and a half is a weird number yeah it is i'm gonna move mine down yeah i think i'm gonna go with i think i'm gonna go all the way down to three i don't know if that's gonna give me great value but i three too but i think that that's more more reasonable than four and a half which just seems weird so yeah i'm going with the commanders minus three i do think that their trajectory has been different than the giants in the past couple weeks and they didn't play last week, so the last thing they saw was the Giants. They kind of know what to expect here, and I think uh, they win this one. Yeah, so I can't even get the flat number on uh, Fandle, so I'll take two and a half. Two and a half puts you at um, minus 184. It's not awful. It's not great. Um, do you, can you see plus three or no? Uh yeah, minus three on uh DraftKings is minus one fifty two. Yeah, so minus three I think is your is your bet, your best bet for sure. No doubt about that one. Uh I'll stick with two and a half. I want to give myself a chance to win if it comes down to the nitty gritty like it did last week, but I do uh I do feel confident there for you in the minus three. Um and that's it. Uh we have I believe that's it. We have some Saturday games this week. Um, those three Saturday games are Colts, Vikes, Ravens, Browns, and Dolphins, Bills. So that should be a blast. And then we have one, two, three, four, five, six, six games in the 1 p.m. window. And I believe four, um, in the 4 p.m. window. So we got a packed weekend full of football. Um, World Cup's almost done. Uh, head over and, you know, go over, check out the, uh, episodes Matt and I have been doing on the World Cup. Uh, we're almost at the end, but yeah, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can also find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Jeremy, thanks for joining. We'll talk to you guys next week.